Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm here with a ton of students that are here visiting for the Crush Fear Summer Project. Crush Fear is a project designed to help students overcome personal, relational, physical, and ministry fears that might prevent them from living the life that God created them for. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Kevin Clark, and I go to the Missouri University of Science and Technology. I'm Cassie Burnside, and I go to Morningside College in Sioux City, Iowa. I'm Jessica Lukenbill, and I go to Utah State University. My name is Erin Moon, and I go to Viterbo University in Wisconsin. I'm Christina Kunda, and I go to Butler University. I'm Sarah Geringer, and I go to Indiana University. My name is Margaret Hadorf, and I attend California State University of Chico. My name is Hannah Dyer, and I attend Boise State University. Hello, my name is Tori Higgins, and I'm a junior at the University of Colorado in Denver. I'm Alex Pena, and I go to Fort Lewis College. My name is Courtney Hutch, and I go to Grand Valley State University. My name is Stephanie Geico, and I go to school at Western Kentucky University. My name is Corey Schottower, and I go to Humboldt State University. My name is Kirk Marble, and I attend Concordia University, Nebraska. I'm Nicole from Michigan State University. I'm CJ from Biola University. I'm Travis from Central Community College. I am Anuj, originally from Gujarat, India. What college did you go to again? University Anuj? of Bridgeport, Connecticut. I'm Carolina. I'm from Harvard University. My name is Taylor Painter, and I attend the University of Indianapolis. My name is Trent Willis, and I go to the University of Florida. My name is Bethany Stanichka, and I attend Viterbo University. My name is Krista Brandt, and I attend Minnesota State University, Mankato. My name is Nehemiah John. I am a graduate of Penn State. My name is Chelsea Augustine. I graduated from Fort Lewis College. My name is Stephanie Garion. I currently attend the University of Texas Pan American. My name is Tyler Suplee. I'm a junior at Salisbury University. I'm Jessica Spaulding, and I am from Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm Christine Vanderputten, and I attend K-State University in Manhattan, Kansas. I am Tyler Sarujo, and I go to the um, Community College of Rhode Island. So, all you guys have been crushing fears like crazy this week. I'm so proud of you. So, what are some of the biggest challenges you've faced and some of the biggest fears you've crushed? My biggest challenge I've faced was definitely sharing my story in front of a church congregation. One of the most difficult things for me was hiking in groups because we each had to lead, and it was just really difficult to know that you had control over everybody and you didn't know whether you were going the right way or the wrong way, but you were still in charge. My biggest fear was having to eat some crickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good fear. Mine was definitely um, public speaking. My biggest fear was 24 hours solo in the woods. We had to be all by ourselves alone in the wilderness. My biggest fear was uh, sharing my faith with two strangers. My biggest fear was having to cross a river by walking across a log. Well, do you guys feel like you've grown having faced these different obstacles? Yes, yeah. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's great having all you guys here from all over the United States. And I know all of you really love God a ton. So I wanted to ask you what you love most about God. So, Kevin, why don't you start us out and we'll kind of go around the room and let everybody talk. But what do you love about God, Kevin? Um, I believe in a God that is eternal. Uh, an eternal God is a God who is everlasting and timeless. Because of these two things, he is unchanging. 
Since God exists outside of time, he can see everything that occurs and has an eternal and good purpose for us. He wants each and every one of us to return to him, which he achieved by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our mistakes. That's awesome. What about you, Cassie? One amazing aspect of God is his creation. It's how creative he is in all of his creations. If you take a look at everything around you, God created all of it. The Bible states, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Because he created everything, we need to remember to glorify and praise him. The Bible also states, lift your eyes and look to the heavens, who created all these. When you look at everything he created, you realize how awesome God is and how everything he has created is so completely different. My favorite attribute about God is his sovereignty. When we stand in the presence of God, we are overwhelmed by God's loving presence. God does not bow down to us. We bow down to God. That's because he is the supreme ruler of the world. God does not bow down to us because he is our creator and we are his creation. God rules over the earth and everything in it. Thanks, Jessica. What about you, Aaron? One of my favorite characteristics of God is that he is trustworthy. Because he is trustworthy, we can trust him. Why should we trust him completely and no one else? In his word, he says that he will never leave us or forsake us, and he is unchanging. If you put your trust in him, you can never go wrong. Christina? My favorite quality of God is that he knows everything. God knows all the earth's foundation, including the seas, clouds, light and dark, shape of the earth, weather, and the stars. He knows all the animals, including goats, bears, donkeys, oxen, storks, horses, hawks, and eagles. But God says that we are more valuable than the birds of the air and that he knows us too. He knows our heart, our thoughts, our inmost being, and he even knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows what we do and the plans he has for our lives. If we could count the thoughts he has about us, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the beach. So the next time you don't know who you are or what to do, ask God, because he knows. That's great. Sarah? One of my favorite characteristics of God is that God is our strength. The Bible says that he trains our arms for battle. He is our saving shield. He makes our feet like deer. He makes a broad path for us. One of my favorites is that God never grows tired or weary. How can we make sure God is our source of strength? We can surrender our lives to him and trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can draw near to him through prayer or talking to God, and we can read the Bible or his word daily. We must be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit to gain this strength, and we must be willing to be weak so that he can be made strong. Awesome. Well, Margaret, what do you think is your favorite characteristic of God? God is unchanging. The Bible says that his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, and this gave him great pleasure. When we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts as Lord and Savior, he never leaves us, and his promise for spending eternity in heaven with him will never be taken away. Even when we turn away from God, he promises us that he will always be there. All right, Hannah, what do you think? One of my favorite characteristics of God is his beauty. The Bible describes God as magnificently beautiful. Not only is God beautiful, but he makes everything beautiful, including us. The Bible says we are created by God in his image, so we too are beautiful. He calls us beautiful, and his desire is to make us new, without any imperfections. That's how much he loves us. It's amazing to see his beauty reflected in everything around us. What about you, Tori? Well, when most people think about humor, they think of a funny movie or a stand-up comedian. But God, the creator of this universe, doesn't normally fall into the funny category. Have you ever seen a platypus, though? This wacky, mixed-up animal has a duckbill and a beaver-like tail. How could that have come into existence but for God's creative humor? 
The definition of funny, according to the Webster's Dictionary, is seeking or intending to amuse. I'm always amused by how no two snowflakes are ever alike, even though there could be millions in any given place. It's kind of like people and their personalities. It's funny observing people's interactions with each other, and I enjoy seeing how they get along despite their differences. And if anything, it's a tough argument that God, or even the concept of God, is not amusing. So God has a pretty cool sense of humor. He sure does. Alex Peña, mi hermano. My favorite is that uh, God is mysterious. Uh, he tells us in the Bible that the more we pursue him, the more he will show us what his plan is for us. He explains his plan as being what we want as well, not what most people think his plan is, as not being fun or interesting or what they actually want, because they think God's plan means doing something they don't want to do. But God tells us that we would want to do it. And it goes back to what I said before, if we pursue God, he will change the desires of your heart. Courtney, what do you think? My favorite is that God is always available. Whether you seek him or not, he's there to help you. In the Bible, Jesus says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Jesus died on the cross for our sins to be forgiven. So if you're seeking something greater, do what the Bible says. For everyone who asks, receives. Stephanie Geico. One of my favorite attributes of God is his love. Think of someone on this earth that you love more than anything. Now imagine someone loving you a million times greater than that. That unimaginable type of love is the love that God shows for us every day. It's uncomprehendable and never changing. His love lasts through everything, and the Bible tells us to try to show that kind of love to those around us. Whether those people are enemies, Christians, non-Christians, or best friends, we must love them in order to show our love and devotion to God. By loving others each day, we can grow closer to God and develop a stronger relationship with Him. That's awesome. What about you, Corey? To understand God, you will need to know a little about the things that make Him so great. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So if God is love, it says in the Bible that love is patient. If God is love, love is patient, then God is patient. The definition of patience is good-natured tolerance of incompetence. The Bible says, The Lord is passionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Patience is one thing that makes God so great because if he wasn't patient with us, then he wouldn't be a God of love and we wouldn't need him in our lives. What do you think, Kirk? I love his kindness. Would you say it is your boyfriend gives you flowers or when your girlfriend cooks for you? Is that kindness? Well, the Bible tells us God is both kind and severe. He is severe toward those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. Nicole, what do you love about God? I like that God is faithful and that God will always fulfill his promises. The fact that Jesus was born fulfilled what God said hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. The rainbow is a sign of his faithfulness and his promise to never flood the earth again. In the Bible, God says, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. And God has been with us before we existed and he's never going to leave us. And that's my favorite thing about him. That is awesome. CJ? I like that God is gentle. Throughout the Bible, gentleness is used as a form of encouragement. It is also a fruit of the Spirit, which Christ followers are called to put into practice. Gentleness is worthy of being pursued and can also be used as a tool to help others learn about how to be kind and patient. With gentleness, Jesus says that he is humble. Jesus also uses his gentleness to strengthen those who know him. Jesus died on a cross for the whole world and did so in the most gentle way possible. Travis? Growing up, I never understood uh, the hope that Jesus offers us all. And you know, when he died, not only did he die for us to take away our junk, but he also had hope 
kind of inscripted into his blood that he shed for us and and he offers us a new hope every day hope that each of us can share with each other hope that we'll make it through the day that that god is going to guide our path if we put our hope and our trust in him and just to guide our path it will be the best path that we all have, have ever decided to travel anush from india i like that god is our only hope hope expecting with confidence albert einstein once said that learn from yesterday live for today hope for tomorrow well maybe we can put our hope on some person for tomorrow but for eternal life there is only one name given to man jesus christ the reason we can put our hope in jesus is because he is patient kind gentle holy forgiving good faithful and he never fails if you cut your finger you can go to doctor with confidence that he will fix it but jesus is the only one who can fix your broken soul wow that's awesome anish carolina in the dictionary righteousness is defined as uprightness and or morality but what does this mean for the christian individual and why is it such an important attribute of god in the bible it says he god judges the world fairly he god makes just legal decisions for the nations god is righteousness this is not just an attribute of god but the way of life for the christian in terms of righteousness and or morality god is the way and no other The Bible says, and found in him, and because I have my own righteousness derived from the law, but because I have the righteousness that comes by the way of Christ's faithfulness, a righteousness from God that is in fact based on Christ's faithfulness. This means Christians must seek his righteousness, and as the Bible says, every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. This is how Christians must apply the Lord's attribute of righteousness in their lives by seeking God's word in the Bible. Well, Taylor, why don't you tell us what your favorite attribute of God's character is? Well, the definition of justice is reason and fairness. God is just. God's judgments are always fair and only through him will you be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. God says we'll all have to give an account of our lives. He is fair because he follows his promises. One of his promises was that despite the fact that we are sinners or we go our own way instead of following God, we can have eternal life even though we don't deserve it. God never changed the rules. Instead, he gave our punishment to someone else, Jesus. Jesus's death was justice for our wrongdoings. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the God Solution on KDUR 91.9 FM and 93.9 FM here in Durango, and you can listen online at kdur.org. Thanks a ton for listening. Trent, what sticks out to you when you think about the nature of God? What sticks out to me is God's wrath. It's very great and terrifying and ultimately culminates in our punishment by sending us to hell. This is because of our sinful nature and thus we're beings that are subjected to God's wrath because he cannot tolerate it. We escape this though through atonement which we find in the Son of God or Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us he who believes in the Son has everlasting life and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. And the promise of forgiveness and the promise of eternal life and the promise of escape from that wrath is so so awesome. Bethany, what do you love about God's character? Um, how merciful he is. Mercy is defined as compassion for the miserable. In practical living, it's not receiving punishment for what we deserve. Because of our sin, our relationship with God was broken, but by dying on the cross, Christ's death restored that relationship. Having him die in our place is one of the greatest displays of mercy. A.W. Tozer states, "Mercy is an attribute of God, an infinite and inexhaustible energy." within the divine nature which disposes god to be actively compassionate 
In other words, mercy is at the core of God's being. He cannot not be merciful. The Bible states, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I call to you all day long. God has mercy for each and every one of us, no matter what sins we may have committed. To fully experience his mercy, we must accept Christ and put our faith in him. Well, Krista, what do you think? I love God's forgiveness. It's such a beautiful thing because all of our sins, or doing things our own way, have been forgiven because God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. We gain forgiveness by accepting that we have in fact chosen to live our own way or do wrong, and then we tell it to God. As we walk through life, we should be striving to live less of our way and more of his. But when we do sin, whatever the capacity of it is, we have been forgiven. Nehemiah, what is your favorite aspect of God? What would better demonstrate humility other than God Almighty coming down as human in the person of Jesus? We all are sinners, and in order to be just, God has to punish sin. So what God did to save us is the epitome of humility. God is the judge, but the judge decided to take the punishment for the criminal. Jesus, who was sinless, chose to go through persecutions, torture, humiliation, and ultimately to be killed in our place. His justice was satisfied while sparing us from that punishment. Jesus, as God, wasn't required to abandon his honor and power to save humanity, but because of his humility and love, he chose to do it anyway. This demonstrates God's humility. Since God is not a merciless tyrant, but a humble savior, we can approach him with confidence and gratitude. I'd encourage you to ask God's forgiveness for your sin and live humbly before God and others. What do you think, Chelsea? Well, something I love about God and just an attribute that really sticks out to me about him is that um, just how he is our redeemer. Uh, redemption was a technical term for money paid to buy back a prisoner of war in the Bible. Though it is used as the price paid to buy freedom of one in the bondage of sin because of either our own passive indifference or our active rebellion. The price paid to a perfect God was the shed blood of his son so that we can be set free and redeemed. Stephanie? My favorite attribute of God would be him as a savior. He saved me from drowning in a pool of lies that I was living. A savior is someone who rescues from danger. Jesus saves us from death and sin. He also saves us for himself so that we may be with him and live with him forever. Not only is Jesus a loving Savior, but a strong and mighty one. According to the Bible, he loved us and kept his promise to us, brought us out of sin with all of his power to all those who accept him. What about you, Tyler? My favorite attribute of God would have to be his grace. Without his grace, we wouldn't really be anywhere. Biblical grace is defined as God's free and unmerited favor for a sinful humanity. One of the greatest examples of God's grace is shown in the story of Adam and Eve. Since the beginning of time, humanity has been selfish, unloving, prideful, or as God would describe it, sinful. As humans, there is nothing we can do to earn a pass to heaven. So God graciously sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for our sins. Through allowing him to take control of your life, you are able to have a relationship with the God of the universe. So Jessica, what do you love about God? Well, I think one of the most amazing parts about God is his unconditional fatherly love for everyone. He created all of us, making us his offspring. 
The Bible tells us that he cares for us and cherishes us all. When we come to accept Jesus Christ, we become true children of God. Because Jesus died for us, we were able to wash away our sins and become brothers and sisters in Christ. God teaches us, like a father, how to lead our lives because he gave us Christ as an example to follow. And this is why I really enjoy the fatherly love aspect. Christine, what about you? Well, today I want to talk about the purpose of life. God has a plan for all of us, and each of our plans are unique and individual to each one of us. The main purpose in life is to find a plan. But the Bible states that many are the plans in the mind of men, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. This means that although we all have a plan, God's plan is the only one that will not fail. All we need to do is build a relationship with the Lord. And to make a relationship, we just need to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. He has offered a sacrifice for us, and we can all receive this sacrifice by building a relationship with Him. Having Jesus as our Savior will give you access to this wonderful plan that God has made just for you. Well, Terrace, you probably drove the longest for this trip. You were in the bus for three days, yes. and God had to be your joy and your peace <laughs> that entire trip. So tell me about how he satisfies you and how much you love him. To me, Jesus is the living water. The only way we can grow in Christ is we have to allow him to water us. The only way he can water us, we have to accept him first. When you accept them, you become a part of his family. And then the Holy Spirit dwells in you and wants to make you more alive. The way I'm watered is by praying and reading my Bible. That's the way that I grow in the Lord, Jesus Christ. He's good. He's the Savior. And I would not live this life without him. It's good stuff, Terrace. Thanks. You're welcome. It's been really exciting hearing what all you have to say about God. And I wanted to go to the next level, though, and ask a few of you what your personal relationship with God has been like. So, Kirk, why don't you tell us how you came to know Christ and what your relationship with Him has been? Rejection is what I face, and I thought it was all I had. I was raised in a Christian home where I went to church every Sunday, attended Sunday school, and prayed before every meal. I thought that this was what it meant to be a Christian. This is the way I lived my life all throughout high school until my first two years of college when rejection became a pattern of my sin. I was rejecting Christ and what he wanted for my life because I was finding the acceptance in girls. It wasn't until one day I was riding home in the car with my mom when God got my attention. And that is when he really drew me in into a personal relationship with him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The veil was rejection for me, and it was removed as I found out that God accepted me for who I am. Now, Kevin, what has God done in your life, and how did you get to where you are today? I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I never really met my true dad. Him and my mom split when I was one. I lived with my great-grandparents, and they'd always talked about God, but I never truly understood who he was or exactly what he'd done for me. So throughout school, I was a very, a very angry child. 
and I was always looking for something to fill the void in my life. I was constantly taking as many classes as I could. I was in tons and tons of activities, just trying to consume my time and maybe fill the void in my heart that I knew something was missing. It got worse and worse as the years went on, and my senior year of high school, I tried to commit suicide, but that wasn't in God's plan. A group of friends came to the hospital where I was, and they started talking to me, and they were asking me if I knew who Jesus was, and I honestly didn't know at the time. And they started talking to me about how much he loved me, and how God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins, and that God had a plan for my life. I just could not believe that someone would love me so much. And that day, I accepted Christ. And since then, my life has been amazing. I have changed so much. Since going to school at the Missouri University of Science and Technology, I've become so involved in as many organizations as I can, trying to spread the love that Christ has given me. It just it overflows in almost everything I do. If you're looking for that thing in your life that you need, it's Jesus Christ. He's the one that will completely fill you and give you so much love that it just bursts out in everything you do. Well, Bethany, why don't you tell us what God's done in your life? I have always dreamed of being a bride, gliding down the aisle in a gorgeous white satin gown with my Prince Charming awaiting me at the end. I couldn't wait to find that special someone who could satisfy all of my needs, always understand me, and never hurt me. I couldn't wait to meet my husband. Experiencing many broken relationships with family and friends throughout my life, caused me to constantly be on the search for that one special person who would love me unconditionally and never hurt or abandon me. Unfortunately, I was seeking out this satisfaction for love in the wrong form. Searching for this type of ferocious love in humans automatically set me up for pain and disappointment. I believed that finding this one special relationship would make me whole and complete. The scars on my heart would be patched up, my life would be better, and I would be happy. After I graduated high school, I thought I had found my dream man. He had the car, the looks, the smile, everything. He was perfect, so I thought. I had finally discovered that this special relationship. But just a few short months of being together, the relationship ended. He had shattered my heart, and I was left broken and empty. I had given almost everything to him and our relationship. The hurt that lingered with me was unbearable. But luckily, I had another man who was ready to pick me up and rescue me from my darkness. He glued the broken pieces of my heart back together and restored me. My new knight in shining armor was unlike any other man that I could have ever dreamed of. He had had his eyes on me for a very long time. Even after ignoring his love numerous times, he was relentless and wouldn't stop his pursuit after my heart. His name was Jesus Christ. Once I began a relationship with Christ, I cannot express how he comforted and consoled me during this painful time. Through this capstone hurt, I learned that no human is capable of quenching that deep longing for love I had thirsted for for so long. Only Christ is able to meet all of my needs and fill that empty void in my heart. I am finally able to say that my dream came true, and there is no better love than His. Wow, that is powerful. Thank you, Bethany. It's been great hearing from all these different students today. And as we close, I want to talk to you. Jesus stands today waiting to start that relationship with you. He desires to have a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. No matter what you've done, no matter what your past has been, He loves you today. The problem is, is our sin separates us from God and His love for us. So God, because He loves me, 
And God, because he loves you, died on the cross. He sent his son Jesus, God in human flesh, to die on the cross, to take all of our sins on himself, and to die on that cross to pay for our sins. The Bible says he literally nailed our sins to that cross so that each one of us could have a relationship with him today and a guaranteed eternity with him in heaven. You can have that relationship simply by asking him to come into your life and by asking him to forgive your sins. If you've never taken that step, I would encourage you to take that step today and to ask him to come into your life. I'd like to invite you to the River Church this Sunday. The River Church is actually going to be having a special get-together. They're going to be meeting at 10. The River Church is right off of Florida Road. It's easy to find, huge gray building. They'll be meeting at 10, and they will be having a huge feast after church today. So I'd encourage you, drop by the River Church. See you there at 10. Well, it's been a great show. It's been a lot of fun having all these students from all over the country on. I'm really glad you listened. And I would encourage you to listen again next week, same time, 8.30 a.m. on KDUR. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.